Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 31st of August 2014, entitled Crucifixion of Self, and the Bible reading is taken from Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Here's Brother Daniel Alexandru. Appreciate uh, Pastor Curtis inviting me to preach uh, tonight uh, in this church. I've been here before, as he said. And um, I consider it to be a privilege to be here and have fellowship with you. And, of course, we had uh, fellowship with uh, uh, Brother Curtis, Shelley, Ruth, and Garrett in Romania two, three weeks ago, right? Oh, and time is fleeing by, you know. So uh, praise the Lord that, you know, he's the one that uh, get us together. And uh, yes, it was a requirement for my son, Tibi, to, uh, in order for him to come to England. He really wanted to come to England. And I said, only if God meets three conditions, three requirements. And God did, you know, so he, he came. And I want to thank everybody that really uh, had an impact on, you know, my son and made him feel at home here. Uh, he had a really hard time when he first arrived here. He would call us every day, every day, several times a day. I, I suppose he, he felt, you know, that distance, you know, there was a big distance, physical distance between England and Romania, but through the uh, new means of communication, now telephone and internet, uh, the distance uh, disappeared so we could you know, be close to him and appreciate you being close to him and being a family for him. That's what he needed here. And we didn't want him to go to university somewhere where he will be surrounded only by the lost people, hidden, as the Bible called them, and influence his life and drift him away. We wanted him, and God made this possible. And uh, I praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. I have three children, and I led all of them to the Lord when they were children, wild children, and not wild children, but wild they were children. Tibi <laughs> uh, wasn't a wild child, you know. He accuses me of being too strict with him and a little bit, uh, you know, more relaxing with the other, with the girl and with the younger boy, but... Uh, I'm trying to love all of them and be close to them and be a friend of them and help all of them, you know. So I'm glad I was, you know, that strict with him so <laughs> I can be close to the Lord. And when Brother Curtis asked him to preach here one Sunday, it was the youngsters, yeah. I, was, I, ha- I heard him on the Internet. I really cried, you know. I, but when I hear about the Lord and, you know, his sacrifice is for all of us. I really want my children, you know, to be close to the Lord and love the Lord. And I'm so happy that they all got saved. And uh, I I pray for them so, you know, they will be uh, willing to serve the Lord all their life and stay close to the Lord and be blessed by the Lord and be a blessing to other people. I know there are temptations, you know. Here, more than in Romania, but even in Romania now, even if it's a poor country, there are lots of temptations, you know. And I, during my over 20 years of ministry, I've seen, you know, people coming in and then just going, you know, in the world and serving themselves and serving, you know, the world and the devil. You know, I, I really appreciate, you know, what the Lord has, you know, done, you know, in my family. I surely don't deserve that. And... I praise God, you know, for, for this. And um, I uh, encourage you to, you know, pray for your children. Be a witness, a testimony, a friend, you know, to your children. And uh, uh, may the Lord bless you with faithful children. And may the Lord bless all of us with uh, real good uh, Christians. And um, there is no other higher satisfaction than to know that as for me and my house will serve the Lord. It's a responsibility on the 
man's shoulders, dad's shoulders for his family. And as Joshua said, as for me and my house, will serve the Lord. Be our motto. I want to serve the Lord. I want to serve the Lord with my family, not alone. God gave me a family. God entrusted me with children. I take them as a gift from the Lord, and I'm the administrator of these gifts, and I should use these gifts for the Lord. And I, I praise, I really praise the Lord for what he's been doing in my family. And now, uh, I know he mentioned a few things about the struggles we um, went through, you know, as pastor and missionary at the same time in Romania and different uh, places and with different people, with us trying to help all of them. And the result was the other way than the expected one. And that's why I'm grateful because he, he stuck with the Lord. He's with the Lord even if he saw all kinds of people and he saw that the ministry is not easy and alliance as I talked to uh, Sister Shelly early and with somebody at Kingsmead today. I said, I'm Daniel. It's not the one that fought, you know, the lions, but the one that still fights with lions, two-leg lions, you know. And that's uh, a real problem, you know. Nowadays, uh, Christians, you know, act like lions, and they try to devour the man of the Lord, the man of God, the preacher, just because the preacher preaches the book and not something to satisfy their own flesh, their own desires. And tonight my uh, message is crucifixion of self. And the real blight of modern religious work, I marked it down here, is uncrucified selves seeking to minister to others of the crucified Christ. We try, and there are people that try and try to witness about the crucified Christ, but they are not crucified. Their selves, their ego, their capital I, as I mentioned this morning in Kingsmead, and I don't think it's strange. It's only in the English language, but I don't know if you ever thought of this, if it you know, ever occurred to your mind. Why is I always capitalized in English language? Huh? Maybe you got used to it. And yes, we all got used to our ego being the center of our life. But you know, capitalized I means everything evolves around my I, around me, about my interest. And we'll see in the message, you know, people that serve the Lord were more interested in their self than in the Lord. So it's strange. I mean, today we see people talking about the crucified Christ, but their I, their ego, is not crucified. How can you talk about something that you don't have? Isn't that strange? I mean, let me uh, teach you about eternal security, but I don't believe that. You know, I believe I can lose my salvation. How can I teach about eternal security? It's something that I don't have. Or, you know, people that sell all kinds of uh, stuff, and you say, are you sure this is good? Yes. Did you try it? No. But is it good? Oh, it's very good. I tell you what, buy it. Give me your money and buy it. It's going to help you. It's going to make you well. But somehow or another, did you try those herbs or whatever? No, you know, I'm healthy. You know, I don't need them. <laughs> I don't need them. Okay, I don't need them either. <laughs> you know, so how can you do something if you haven't experienced it? God calls us to experience what he experienced. He experienced on the cross at Calvary, crucifixion. Did we experience it? Yeah, I got saved, praise the Lord, 30 years ago. But I'm talking about living for the Lord now. How do we live for the Lord? Maybe you say, oh, you know, I gave up a lot of things. I want to tell you something. Peter... Gave up lots of things for Jesus. But still, he had his ego. Let's go to Matthew chapter 19, verse 20, 27. Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. 
I'm trying to, you know, uh, correct my language. Be on the right side. <laughs> I mean, on the left side, excuse me, but the right side. <laughs> I come from a country where we, we drive on the right side. You understand me, right? On the right side, not on the left. On the right side. <laughs> no, we call it right because this is right hand, this is left hand. I know for you, it's the other way, right? If I raise my right hand, you say, no, it's left. And I say, it's the right side. And you say, no, it's the wrong one because that's left hand. Okay, for you, it's left hand for me. Right hand. Okay, but still the right hand. Okay? Amen? <laughs> so, Matthew 19, 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all. Let's pay close attention. We have forsaken all. Did you forsake all for Jesus? That's what Peter said. He says, we have forsaken all and followed thee. <laughs> now, look what comes next. That's, that's the you know, thing you want to see. What shall we have, therefore? So, you see, you can give up everything but yourself. You can give up all the material things, financial things you have, but still have. Your eye on the throne. What was his main interest? His main interest was centered around his own self and what he could obtain from there. I mean, Lord, you know we forsook everything. But the question is now if we took everything, what do we get now? <laughs> I mean, I know, and you know, and we both know, that I, you know, I did sacrifice everything for you. And Jesus couldn't say no. So, Lord, if I sacrificed anything, everything, excuse me, for you, what do I get in this business here? I mean, what's, you know, coming out of this for me? This is, uh, you know, Christian life. Many times we, we uh, try to help others and uh, we say, yeah, we helped you. But, you know, you just benefited from that and I didn't benefit anything. And I wonder where is that selfless interest in there when you say, Okay, you benefited from, you know, my service, but what did I get from here? It seems that, you know, we try to help others just to come back to us. I did that. Praise God. <laughs> I did that. You know, praise God because I, I have to say praise God, you know, for the sake of others. You know, I'm a Christian. I'm a preacher. You know, I can't say praise myself, but I did that. Don't forget, okay? Mark it down. Put it down some way. I did that. It's not her. It's not him. It's I. Amen? That's what we do. So, Jesus, we forsook everything for you. But how about me now? <laughs> I mean, you see, I sacrificed everything. How about me now? Are you going to give me anything? You know, Jesus says that nobody leaves, you know, something and won't get anything in return. Jesus will give him. But let the Lord give you. Let the Lord give me. Never say, what do I get from this thing? Not everything is a business, you know, where you can get money. I mean, we go to work and yes, we need to get a reward. Don't go to work just, you know, okay, boss, I work for you. If you want to pay me, good. If you don't want to pay me, fine. I'll keep coming here. No, we go to work because we need money, you know, to have a living, to feed our family, you know, to pay the bills, the rent, everything. But our Christian life, it's not all money. It's not all 
personal benefit. Jesus said, if I'm not wrong, and if we read the same Bible, (laughs) that is better to give than to receive. So, on what side are you? On the better side? And the better side is the one that you give. Or on the other side, you want to receive. And yes, you are blessed when you receive. But don't forget, the better part, the better side is the one where you give. More blessed are the ones that give than the ones that receive. We don't give in order to receive. We give because we love Jesus. We love Christians. Fellow brothers and sisters, we love the lost. We love them. And it all starts from the love of Jesus. Love me before I loved him. While I was a sinner, he loved me. And he loved you. Let's learn from Jesus. Yes, we need to have some people before us. In Hebrews chapter 13 says... Submit to your leaders. And we pray for the leaders so that they will do the work of God, the ministry of God. And they will be good examples so we can follow them. And, you know, they can say, just like Paul said, follow me because I follow Jesus. But, you know, every preacher is a human being. We make mistakes. Our ultimate example should be Jesus. I mean, even if people fail me, Jesus never fails me. Amen? Romans 10, 11. So, if God's love is in me, then I can give without expecting something in return. Amen? Let's go to the moment when Jesus Christ instituted or uh, established the Lord's Supper. That's in um, Luke 22, verse 24. Okay? And let's see what happens there. You know, when I hear about Jesus suffering for me, you know, my heart starts crying and, you know, tears start to come out. But look at these people, look at the disciples that had spent three years and a half with Jesus. And now Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's telling them about, you know, what's going to come. He gives them an example of being a servant. And, and, and let's see what, what's in their mind. When your master, your teacher, your Lord... Is going to the cross and, and you think of, let's see what you're thinking of. In Luke, let's see, Luke 22, verse 24. Jesus in uh, Luke 22 uh, is here, you know, talking about his uh, suffering that has to come. Let's see. In verse 24, it says, And there was also a strife among them. Which of them should be accounted the greatest? Uh Uh-oh. Jesus is going to (laughs) die. And they are worried about who is going to be the greatest. Why is this, you know, so? What happened to these guys? I, th- I thought they, they loved the Lord with all their heart, with all their power, with all their strength, with everything. And, and they are fighting over who is going to be the first, who is going to be on the right side, who is going to be on the left side, and vice versa. Maybe the right side is better because it starts with... <laughs> it, start, it, it starts... Oh, it doesn't say here, but there is another verse that says, who is going to be, you know, their mother, James and John's mother? Yes, yeah. <laughs> when she, you know, she goes to Jesus and says, uh, tell me please, who is going to sit at the right hand and then 
on the left hand, on the right hand, and on the left hand. So probably, you know, nothing is you know, at random in, in the Bible, right? Everything has a meaning, you know, we got to, you know, be aware of that. So on the right hand, and on the left hand. So they, they were worried more about who's going to be the first, who's going to be the greatest. Is this going to be? Is this other one going to be? Now, Jesus, you are going to die, but who's going to remain here? I mean, you go, <laughs> but who's going to stay? And if we stay, we need to have a leader. Amen? Who's going to be this one? Kingsman is looking for a leader. I don't know who's going to be the leader, but I think everybody wants to be a leader there. <laughs> yeah. Let's look at Jesus in John 13. John 13. Let's see what a leader does, okay? I should have preached, you know, John 13 this morning at Kingsmead, but I, I preach on love, you know. <laughs> but I'm sure God knows why I preach on love, you know. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's God. God. So, in John chapter 13, verse 5, let's start with uh, verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he put water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. What was the leader doing here I wondered you know if this morning I wanted somebody to wash my feet who would have you know come and say I'm willing to wash your feet you know you know I don't do this but you know I just wonder you know I just wonder I just ask myself I mean being among people you know and knowing that you know they really want something I mean, I want something. <laughs> That's the idea. I want something, you know. So if everybody says, I want something, I want something, I wonder who is going to serve? Who is going to serve? If everyone, everybody, everyone wants something, who is going to serve? Lord, I don't know. Somebody has to, you know, but not me. Send somebody else to serve. Hey, let's look at Jesus. He, he left heaven and... As the song said earlier, we read, he took on flesh, become a servant, a slave. A slave. Anybody a slave here? I'm a slave of the Lord. It seems I'm the only one. Huh? <laughs> and one time I preached about this in my church, and this was 10 years ago. And I said, we are slaves of the Lord. And some guy came to me saying, Please don't hurt us. I mean, don't offend us. We are not slaves. We are free, free people here. <laughs> I said, yeah, but, you know, the Bible says that we are the servants of the Lord. And that word servant means slave. Slave. We all know. We all went to school and we, we uh, heard at the history class, if we attended the history class, you know, that there were slaves. And the slaves couldn't do whatever they wanted. Amen? They were restricted. They had to obey their master. And look at the master here. The master here does the job of a servant, of a slave. In front of his disciples, followers. And he took a towel and he girded himself. And after that he poured one into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. And to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. So you see, when Jesus starts instituting this or establishing, you know, his last supper, Lord's Supper, he starts out by giving them a lesson about being humble, about submission. And later on, the same day, the same room, about the same minutes, a little bit later, what happens? There is a strife among the disciples. Who is going to be the greatest? I mean, do you think 
It's just an accident that Jesus Christ started out being a servant, washing their feet and wiping their feet. No. He knew what was going to happen. And he wanted to start like this to be an example. But how many of them really gave any thought what Jesus was doing? Because the Bible says in Luke 22, we read that, verse 24, there was a strife among them. You see, we have different Gospels so we can get a complete picture. We have four Gospels. Praise the Lord for that. You know? So Luke 22, if we go back to verse 24, it says them, There was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But it shall not be so. Ye shall not be so. I mean... You will not be like that. You don't have to be like that. You need to have a different lifestyle. You need to have a different approach to life and to the ministry. You, you all should minister, should be servants, should serve. The word serve means to serve others, not serve yourself. When you invite people uh, to have lunch with you or supper or dinner or tea or whatever... Say, serve yourself, right? We should serve. You know? In some cultures, in my culture, when you sit, sit at the table, you know, there is the, the host, you know, and she goes, you know, she brings this, she brings that, you know, she serves. And the host, usually, they serve, you know, the others, and then they sit and they eat, you know? But... Seems that we kind of forgot about serving others. And we serve ourselves because we, just like Peter, claim to have forsaken everything but the self. The ego, the I is still there. It's the <laughs> it's like a motor, you know, like an engine, you know, so it drives us. That way. For whether is greater. No. But it shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you. Let him be as the, the younger. And he that is chief. As he that serves. So anybody wants to be a chief? Anyone wants to be the greatest? Where do we have to start? <laughs> At the feet of Jesus. I preach a message in Romania called, The only way going up is going down. Amen? There's no other way. God came down, and we have to go down to His feet in order to go up where Jesus came from. And that's what Jesus says here. Whoever wants to be the greatest, let him be the younger one. Let him Serve. He needs to be there as a servant. As a servant. You know, I like, you know, to hear about meetings, conferences, you know, on leadership. They say, man, we want to teach and prepare and train leaders. And say, yes, yes, I know. I know a preacher is a leader. But how about, you know, advertising this way? We want to train servants. Let's see who signs up for that. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. I'm kind of busy. I'm kind of busy. I cannot attend that course, you know. You mean servant? Not me, please. Please. You know, I went to school. I got this degree, that degree. I can't be a servant. I mean, there are other, others, you know. Not everybody is a king, you know. And the Bible says that I'm a king, so not everybody is a king. There are others, you know, the king and the others, right? I'm the king, please, yeah, just invite the others. <laughs> we forgot about service, about being servant of the Lord. And you know, I like what Judah says. Judah says that he is a servant. 
when he introduces himself, he's got a short, not a big, you know, uh, letter. He says here, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. How about that? Daniel, the servant of Jesus Christ. Doesn't agree with me. <laughs> okay. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. And he was brother of Jesus Christ. And he doesn't mention Jesus Christ because you know what happens when we say, I'm the president's brother. Younger brother, but I'm his brother. Don't forget that. Okay? <laughs> I'm his brother. Uh-oh. It puffs me up. I'm his brother. I'm his younger brother. I know. I'm still his brother. You know, Jude says, I'm James' brother. And we all know that James was Jesus' brother, you know. He says, I'm the servant of the Lord and James' brother. I don't want to boast on my relationship with the Lord. I just want you to know that I'm his servant. And I'm here to serve you. That's what he says. I'm here to serve you. And so we, we should, you know, be aware of the fact that we can give up everything but still have our ego, our self here, our I, big I. You know, I was in the States for the first time in 2009, and we went to visit Niagara Falls. Nice place, you know. So I go to buy a souvenir. I was there with my wife. Her name is Daniela. My name is Daniel, okay? And, you know, I, I go around, look, and I see a, a chain, you know, a keychain. A chain for a key. And guess what? It was written, uh, written there. It's all about you. Oh, it's all about me. <laughs> we live in an age, you know, and days that it's all about you. Coming down, coming up or coming down, I don't know how you say here, you know, from Kingsmead, something like that, you know. Anyways, coming from, it's even better, right? Coming from Kingsmead Baptist Church today, I was driving and looking, you know, taking some pictures. While I was driving, <laughs> it's not my car. Somebody said, Brother Curtis really trusted you with this car. So I said, he loves me. That's why. I, don't, I mean, love involves trust, right? But anyways, I was taking some pictures there, and I see, oh, you need it. It's, I didn't write it down. I didn't repeat it over and over so I can learn it. But it says something like, you deserve a hotter car than Roger's car, your neighbor. Uh-oh, I deserve more than... I mean, Shelly, if you buy a car, make sure it's, it's better than... Who has the best car here? <laughs> you know? So I deserve. You see, everything is, you know, around I. That's, you know, this world. But how about us, you know? We're Christians. We're his servants. We love the Lord. We love his people. And we love the lost. Are we letting this word to influence our life? We say, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord, to follow in Jesus' footsteps. And for sure, going, you know, and stepping where Jesus stepped, you won't be anything but a servant. Who's servant? Servant of the Lord, because Jesus was a servant, and He set an example here. The example of a servant. Praise His name. Amen. The second thing would be when you give up yourself, you live no more. Think of this: when you give up yourself, you live no more. Who lives in me then? Galatians chapter two twenty was crucified with Christ. And I live, but not me. You see, not I. No. He lives in me. What a wonderful church to have if everybody 
gave himself to the Lord and say, I live, but not me, not I. Christ liveth in me. Christ, his love, his righteousness, his lifestyle, his words, everything that Jesus has is in me. It's not me anymore. It's him. You know, George Mueller, and you know about George Mueller, you know, you know, <laughs> amen, say amen, amen. Oh, somebody knows about it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for supporting me. <laughs> yeah. It's not like in the South, brother, you know, in, in the States. Hey, somebody help me. Amen. 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 Everybody's amen. <laughs> okay. This is middle lands, not South, right? <laughs> I understand why. Okay. I'm, I'm from the South of Romania. So I'm a Southerner. Brother Curtis is a Southerner. So we kind of, you know, relate each other. <laughs> okay. But George Mueller was once asked, about his power. And he replied, there was a time when George Mueller died. Was there a time when, fill your name, Daniel Alexander died. I remember one time when I died. But he fully replied, no, no, you're alive. Yes, I'm alive, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives. If I keep looking at Jesus, I'll be transformed continually to become like Jesus. There'll be no strife, you know, among the disciples, among the Christians. Who wants to be the greatest? I want to be the greatest. No, I deserve to be the greatest. No! I inherited this. I received it from my father. I'm glad I didn't give TB anything like that. <laughs> we can boast. But who wants to serve? Not me. Not me. My neighbor. My wife. <laughs> my wife. She wants to serve. She needs to serve. You know? No, no. I want to serve. Jesus was a servant. Jude was a servant of the Lord. Paul was a servant. Who am I? I'm not myself. Jesus lives in me. Jesus, Jesus lives in me and he is the one that set an example. Service. I'm his servant. No problem. No problem. I was in the army and I even told them at the, this morning, I was a surgeon. I'm still a surgeon, but in reserve, you know. But anyways, I, you know, I got this rank. I was a corporal, and another corporal came to me saying, you got to get down. I said, what? You are a corporal, I'm a corporal. Yes, but I'm, a, I'm the boss here. I run this pluton. I said, okay. Chief. I answered, so I did it, you know. We want to feel that we're somebody. We got some, how do you say, not stars, but those stripes. You know, stripes. You got some stripes on your shoulder? You know, I don't have anything. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I'm his servant. Amen. The servant doesn't have any stripes, any stars, big or small stars. In Russia, yeah, there is stars. And in Romania, we have, you know, stars. And I think in America, too. You know, a general. I'm a general. Amen. In God's army. <laughs> a servant. A servant of the Lord. And Martin Luther, I don't, you know, quote Martin Luther a lot. I have some things I don't agree with him. But on this one, he's right. Martin Luther talked about Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 and said, If somebody should knock at my heart's door and ask me who lives here, I must not say Martin Luther. I would say Martin Luther is dead. Jesus Christ lives here. I wonder if somebody would come and knock on your door, the heart's door. What would be the, the answer? Who's there? It's me. Uh-oh. Where is Jesus? 
on vacation. No, Jesus is not on vacation. Can you answer? It's Jesus. Jesus is here. I died some time ago. I live no more. Jesus lives in me. I live, but Jesus lives in me. It's a different story. Jesus made the difference. Amen? Jesus made the difference. A selfless life produced the book of Acts. If we hadn't had the selfless lives of the apostles, I mean, the Lord changed them after his resurrection. And they gave their lives to Jesus. Even if they hadn't given their lives, you know, we wouldn't have had the book of Acts today. And they gave their lives because they had given their self first. And then they gave. It's easy when you give yourself to the Lord and say, not me, Lord. It's you. It's not about me. It's about you, Lord. It's easy to give your money, to bring the tithes, to bring the offerings, to give, you know, for missions and for other projects. It's so easy because, you know, everything you have comes from the Lord. And you have because Jesus gave you. And you know that if you give to Jesus, you did the most wonderful thing. He'll take care of you. That's what he promised. I will take care of you. I will take care of you. Jesus said that. Did he lie? No. He's alive. He wants to be alive in each and everyone's heart today. So, we look at the book of Acts and we see uh, the acts of the apostles who gave up themselves. Making possible the thrilling records of the book of Acts. Their interest is not centered in their selves anymore. It used to be. It was for a while. But you see the change? God still changes people. God can change you and me. And make us according to his image but we need to let him do that their interest now is centered in what they can give not on what they could receive but on what they could give you know give and it shall be given unto you let's listen to king david's final charge to his people in first chronicles Chapter 29, verse 5. First Chronicles. First Chronicles, chapter 25, verse 9. Before bringing things to the Lord. The gold for things of gold, and the silver for things of silver, and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of artificers and who then is willing to consecrate who is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord who is willing to give his life unto the Lord who a good question today for Christians all over this world in rich countries in poor countries, all over. Who is going to consecrate his service unto the Lord? The efficient worker today must come to a place in his life where he will abandon his life. Give up his life to the Lord. Give up his self. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Who wants to die? It's me again. <laughs> to die is gain. 
Somebody asked me, what if I hang myself? Where am I going to, you know, spend my eternity? That's if you are saved, you go to Jesus, be with Jesus. If you are not saved, you go to hell. It's so simple. I don't know why you complicate things here on this earth, but, you know, it seems that people like to complicate, you know, things. It's very simple. Let me help you. I mean, God didn't know what he, you know, did when he created the way of salvation. Let me help God. You know, I'm a little bit smarter. God never went to school. I did. I went to several schools in my life. You know, I got some degrees. God doesn't have them. So I should help God. No, 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 don't help God. He doesn't need your help. God plus zero, minus zero. God is enough. Praise the Lord. He knows it all. We don't have to help him. He has, or he, we need his help. And he has to help us if we want to do something. We cannot do anything, you know, on our own. Just, yeah, I can do it. Are you sure you can do it? The rich man said, I'm going to destroy all these barns and make me other barns. And I will enjoy life. So enjoy the life. And God came down to him saying, how did he call him? Insane. Crazy man. What is going to happen with all your goods, with all your wealth tonight? Because you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> You'll die. Uh-uh. Why are you laughing about dying? You know why I'm laughing? Because to die is a gain, but not the rich man. He couldn't laugh. He couldn't laugh because his eternity was to be in hell, not in heaven. And there is nothing to laugh about hell and the lake of fire. To be only torments, crying. But with the Lord, yes, we have all the reasons to be happy. To die is gain. And to live, okay, you don't want to die right now. You're not prepared. <laughs> you still have some things you know, to do, to accomplish. Okay, how about living? What is to live for you? Let's you know, quote Paul. For me to live is Christ. And say, can we say the same thing Paul said? For me to live is Christ. I'm not saying quote the verse. I'm saying, can you really mean the words, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain? If you can say that, praise the Lord. But if you can't, let's bow our heads before the Lord. And I'll just, you know, Encourage you to pray and with our eyes closed. I want to ask you, what about your eye, yourself? You're still on the throne? Maybe you gave up lots of things for the Lord, just like Peter. But how about yourself, your ego, your big eye? You're still there? To give your eye to the Lord means I don't live. Christ lives in me. And if Christ lives in me, I'm a different person. If you have Christ in your life, in your heart, praise the Lord. You can go to heaven. If you don't have Christ, if you die, you will go hell and hell is a real place and God loves you so much that he gave his son Jesus Christ to die for you on the cross and it's not by works, it's not by beauty, it's not by paying money it's by faith recognize you are a sinner and the word of God is true and you are on the way to hell and let the Lord come and change you. Put, place your faith in Jesus. And let him save your life. Let him change your life. Let him take you to heaven. He's the only one. That's what he said. This is the way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And if you are saved here tonight, and you are still centered 
in yourself, in your ego, in your I. Won't you let Jesus reign in your heart tonight? Won't you go to Jesus and say, Lord, I've had this ego on the throne of my heart enough. You love me so much. You came here to be a servant. You came here to teach me something. Doesn't matter how much I give. If I don't give up myself, it's still me that lives in me. And I'm tired of this. I want you to live in me. I want to be just like Paul. I live, but not me. Christ lives in me. And right there where you are, you can pray and ask God His grace upon your life, His help. You can live a life centered in Christ. There's no problem with what the Lord says in His Word. Lord, we continue in prayer. We thank you for your love, for your mercy. Lord, I ask that you'll touch each and every heart here and the Holy Spirit to bring clear understanding on the subject of salvation to those who are not saved and lead them to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. And for the children of God that are here, Lord, including me, Lord, help us to give up our ego, our self, and make room for you to reign in our lives and live a life centered in Jesus. Lord, we really need your help. We cannot make it on our own. We thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your grace, for this church, their love for you. Help us to be like Jesus, more like Jesus every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.